Look, we, this is just the weirdest year ever, eh? I mean, just... And again, we've said this a few times, but planning anything is an exercise in comedy. Um, and so uh, we are going to take a little pause from our parable series just because um, there's, just, there's some stuff we've got to talk about just because it's hard. And all I want to talk about today is that uh, is, uh, I want to encourage you. Well, so this isn't going to be a challenging talk. This isn't going to be, there's no conviction burgers lined up to dish out in my sermon today. What we need is encouragement. And so that's all we're going to talk about today. Do you want to bring up the first slide, um, Ian or Cass or whoever? Uh, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be encouraged uh, in the Lord and, uh, and to build a culture of encouragement within our church. We live in a society that's all over tearing each other down. We live in a critical society. We live in an angry society. Um, if you're on Facebook or Twitter or any social media, it's just going to be pretty toxic, right, in terms of the tone. And, and we don't want that seeping into the church. This is a countercultural uh, community that's going to build each other up that's going to encourage one another, that's going to cheer each other on and speak life and destiny and hope and purpose into our very inner being. Amen? That's what we want to talk about today. Who's glad you came to church now, isn't it? Oh, man, who, who needed that this morning? Who's relieved? Who was like, oh, I hope Harvey's not on some rant that's going to... Hope he hasn't, hope he hasn't got the rod out this morning to give the old church a clip around the ears and tell them to lift their game. You're not getting that this morning. It's, it's positive pants encouragement time. Uh, because, he's, you know, I was Googling um, in, in my serious research for this talk, um, you know, the memes about 2020. And so here's a bunch of different memes uh, from 2020. Cass, you'll see a little at the very bottom there, a video. So uh, here's 2020, and this is just a snippet. Um, the good thing is we're halfway through 2020. The bad things we're halfway through 2020. This is us going through 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Our plans, you know, and then Michael John, okay, is that going to work out for you? This is not fine, uh, you know. <laughs> This is one of my favourites. I'm like, every time you know, there's news, it's like, oh, man, here we go again. <laughs> time traveller. What year is it, me, 2020? Oh, dear. Right. I mean, 2020's just been one of those just insane years. And uh, it's been tough uh, on everyone. I don't know a person that's not dealing, battling in some way because of what's going on this year. Economically, relationally, just lots of stress. Like, it's been a tough year. Um, Last uh, Wednesday week it was, you know, when they're like, oh, there's community transmission in Auckland. And it's like, oh, no, you got to be kidding me. And I had the man flu, which I'm still recovering from. So it's like just, yeah, thank you. Jen, did you notice? It's, that's how it's meant to go, right? Oh, you're like, oh, sarcastic, right, okay. But can you imagine, try for a second to put yourself in my shoes. I've got the man flu, and then I'm like, what do you do with church again? You know, like we're meant to be at St. Patrick's, which is complicated anyway, because it's a change of location and all that. And, uh, and so then like, and also I hate administration, and so poor June and Steve and, um, and, and Charlotte especially have to deal with this, because I'm like, to run a service under level two, you know, there's some restrictions and going, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, right, you know, um, so it's been a tough year. And so, like, here's my thing. It's been a tough year for everyone. And then on top of that, you've got normal life. 
Hashtag normal life. Beth Kitty broke some ribs this week. Hashtag normal life. Not ideal, but that stuff happens, you know. I know so many of your stories where it's like it's been just a tough year, and if 2020 had been going sweet, it would have been a tough year. But you've got to stick it on top of all the stuff that we're dealing with in the world today. And it's like, and it's like there's conspiracy theories out there that should be agitating anyone that's serious about following Jesus, spread misinformation primarily by Christians that's evil and wrong, and it's the biggest demonic attack I've ever seen in my life in terms of distortion and of the truth. And it's a horrific, like, it's stressful, right? I mean, it's just like all this. And then we've got an election coming up. That always brings out the best in humanity. Oh, boy, I can't wait. You know, this is going to be great. Oh, man, we're going to see us really at our best now. Oh, I can't wait for all the civil, you know, patient dialogue that we're going to encounter. It's like, who's just, and just so you know, I am going to preach on this stuff. I'm going to preach about how Christians engage. What's our worldview when it comes to the political system that we're in? We've got to get crystal clear on that because when you get crystal clear on that, it's going to chill you out. And it's going to mean that you can have an engagement with it, but it's going to have its proper proportion in terms of your emotional engagement and your passion in terms of how our society is meant to flourish. But let's assume for another day. The beautiful thing is that the church has endured all this stuff before. It's endured plagues, wars, poverty, oppression, pandemics for generations. And the beautiful thing is that we pray psalms and sing songs written in cave. We preach letters penned in prisons. We cling to truths revealed in the wilderness. It's a different circumstance, but the same God that's at work today. And the, the great thing is that in the spite of it all, there's, God is working for good. God is working for good. The primary place that God is working for good is that He's doing a deep work in our character right now. Amen? I mean, when pressure comes on, stuff comes up that you're not proud of normally. And that's God's invitation to bring healing to that stuff. So God's putting a lot, there's a lot of spiritual liquefaction going on in our lives right now. God is working for good. There is a deeper reliance that we're going to need to have on, in God in this season, else it's going to be real tricky. Like our private world with Jesus is going to need to be strong. The church is desperately needed at this time more than ever, as I say, as a countercultural community of hope, faith, and love, where we cultivate, cultivate lives of love, joy, and peace. But on, the passage I want to speak to uh, from today is from Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Let this word sink deep in your heart. This is good. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. Now listen, this, the context of this passage is Jewish believers who have been persecuted and receiving big backlash for leaving Judaism and following Jesus. And so the writer of the Hebrews is writing this as a whole letter of encouragement to the, these people to say that in every single possible way, Jesus is a fuller revelation of who God is than the old covenant and the law. It's like press in and take hold of who Jesus is. It's this deep encouragement. So as we start that, that first verse, it's speaking to a people that are probably feeling a, bit, a, a lot like we are right now, but maybe even worse, to be honest like genuine persecution, pretty discouraged, they're under the pump. Let us hold unswervingly to 
to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful, hallelujah. And listen, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good, good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So let's, uh, let's dive in. Here's my two, my two points this morning. Uh, I might even have three. Yeah, I think I've got three, uh, which is pretty good. Um, number one is simply this, that God wants to encourage us. God wants to encourage us. So that passage is just talking about a couple of things here. First, it says, don't give up the habit of meeting together. So you guys are winners. You made it here today. You're just legends. So straight away, massive win, just awesome. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I'm trying to stay in the vein of encouragement for me personally as a pastor. But so just, just inside ask this question, do not raise your hand. Okay? Some of you may have had a battle getting here this morning. Right? Some of you may, it, may, it was like a battle to get to, now how often is it a battle to get to church on a Sunday morning? Now again, don't put your hands up. I don't want to, I don't want to see, I don't want to know. But that's just the reality is there's a battle on, and like there is. Of course, there's an enemy that doesn't want us together. 100%. There's such a battle. I mean, um, a couple of Sundays ago, I was talking to someone, um, and because I haven't asked permission, I won't won't say who they are, but they were like, came up to me at the end of the service and were like, thank you so much, Sam. It was so good today. It's like, man, every single time I come, it's a battle to come, but when I come, it's like the fog lifts and I get clarity. Isn't that true? Isn't it true? Like some of you guys came to church today, oh man, here we go again. I've, been, I've done this a thousand times and here we go again and came faithfully and already the fog's lifted a bit. You've come into the presence of God. You're getting built up. You're getting perspective about your life. You're getting perspective about your issues. God's breathing new life into you. It's like the fog lifts. That's what he does because he encourages. When we come together, we get encouraged by God. Now the Greek word to encourage is up there. You can, you can say that, parakaleon. Um, and I even put the fancy um, Greek writing up there as well. It literally means to come alongside. The word para means alongside. The kaleo means to call. William Barclay on this word says this, and again and again we find that parakaleon is a word of the rallying call. It is the word used of the speeches of leaders and of soldiers to urge each other on. It is the word used of words which send fearful and timorous and hesitant soldiers and, and sailors courageously into battle. A parakletos is therefore an encourager, one who puts courage into the faint-hearted, one who nerves the feeble arm for fight, one who makes a very ordinary man cope gallantly with a perilous and a dangerous situation. The word parakaleon is the word for exhorting others to noble deeds and high thoughts. It is especially the word of courage before battle. Life is always calling us into battle. And the one who makes us able to stand up to the opposing forces, to cope with life and to conquer life is the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, which is none other than the presence and power of the risen Christ. Now that's cool. So this is who God is. Let me, let me unpack this a little bit more. Because um, God is the God of encouragement and we see this in the Trinity. In the Father, 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 to 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord and Jesus, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, paraklesos. Comfort and encouragement are, are, are the same root word in the Greek. 
right, um, who comforts us or encourages us in all our troubles so that we can comfort or encourage those in any trouble with the comfort or encouragement we receive from God. So God the Father is the God of, of encouragement. Uh, let's look at Jesus, 2 Thessalonians 16, uh, chapter 2, 16 to 17. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Jesus is the encourager. And the Holy Spirit is called literally the comforter or the encourager. That's like the name, the parakletos. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said to you. The Trinity is just filled with encouragement. How cool is that? So when we gather together and we don't give up the habit of meeting together, we come into an environment where God is here and God by His very nature is encouraging. That's cool. So God this morning wants to just encourage you. Like, keep going. You can do it. Hang in there. Seek me. I'm for you. I'm going to equip you. I'm all, like, I'm with you. It's just like, this is what He wants to do. This is why I get super bugged when people think that God is just constantly angry at you. It's like Jesus came to reveal He's not. And anything that would separate us from God and, and arouses anger, Jesus has dealt with on the cross. Hallelujah. It's just like we've confessed our sin. He's with us. He's for us. And again, like we boldly approach the throne of grace because we know who He is. He's an encourager. He wants to encourage you this morning. John Tyson says that a constant spirit of criticism is actually a sign of spiritual immaturity because we are not taking on the character and nature of the God that we serve. That's challenging, eh? And I, I looked at that and I was like, ooh, he, again, sorry, little, there's a little conviction burger, very little, let's move on. This morning, because God wants to encourage you. You know, there's some fantastic, let's put that slide away, Cass, seriously, dude, um, what are you doing? Let's go to the next slide, I don't know, we even know what it is. What is the next slide? That's my next point, but that's all right. We're not going to talk about that yet, but we just got to get the other one out of the way. Um, you know, on the internet, there's some, um, some beautifully cheesy, but gloriously true love letters from God, where people just take scriptures and just write a love letter to you. You can Google this stuff. It's brilliant. It's just, and I was Googling some of that stuff because I'm like, what does the Bible say? Like, what does God say about me? And then it's like, you're reading through this stuff and it's like so encouraging. Let me just give you a little snippet here. No matter what happens, your soul will be safe in my hands. John 10 verse 28. When rivers of difficulty roar, you will not be swept away. When a fiery, fiery trails blaze, you will not be burned. Isaiah 43 verse 2. When war breaks out, I will be your fortress and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46. And even when you face death, I will take you by the hand and lead you onto the joyful path to eternal life. Psalm 16, 9 to 11. When enemies come against you, I will fight for you. Psalm 44 verse 7. And even when you do what is right, people will insult you, criticize you, mistreat you, but I will bless you. Matthew 5 11. So if you find yourself poor, remember that I've blessed you with true riches. Six, Luke 6 verse 20. And if you find yourself last in line, remember that, that with me, those are, that are last will be first. Hallelujah. Matthew 20 verse 16. Yes, I will raise you up and exalt you when you are humble before me. Matthew 23 verse 12. When you are brokenhearted, I will draw close to you. Psalm 34 verse 18 and cry with you John 11 35 I'll collect all your tears in my bottle and record each one in my book Psalm 56 verse 8 like a shepherd holding his lamb I will carry you close to my heart Isaiah 40 verse 11 I'll comfort you in your time of sadness Matthew 5 verse 4 I will turn your mourning into gladness Jeremiah 31 verse 13 and your weakness into strength 2 Corinthians 12 9 verse 10 I will put a happy new song in your mouth Psalm 40 verse 3 and give you a beautiful new name Isaiah 62 verse 2 
and on and on and on it goes. This is what God's just speaking over us. This is who this is who I am. This is what I'm giving you. And this morning, it doesn't matter what your battle is, He wants to equip you and encourage you and say, You can do it. And you don't have to do it on your own. Holy Spirit fills you so that you've got inner strength to navigate the battles that you may be facing. He's for us. He is for you. And, he's, and, and, and the Bible says not only that, but there's a host of, witness, host of witnesses cheering us on. You know, I've got a bunch of dead rallies that were faithful saints and we've got people like Paul and they're cheering us on, cheering us on. Go, make those good choices. Walk with integrity. You can do it. I know it's overwhelming, but stay close to God. Be gentle on yourself. Just cheering us on. Pomble, you can do it. You, 2020, but you can do it. You know, and it's like, this is, we've got a cloud. Can you hear them? They're like cheering us on right now to follow the way of God. Secondly, uh, let's build a culture. Oh, thank you, Cass. Let's build a culture of encouragement here. There's a whole lot of, uh, there's a whole lot of uh, commands in the New Testament about uh, uh, how, in fact, 30% of the New Testament is how believers relate to one another. Interesting, eh? And, um, and there's a whole lot of one another's. Here's what, you know, it's good to do for one another. And one of them is to encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians verse 5. As we navigate through this crappy year, it's an opportunity for us to continue to cultivate a culture of encouragement so that we support one another, that we could build an alternative community to the critical culture of our day, where in this place we speak life, we speak hope, we speak possibility, we come alongside, we raise up, and we build up. Um, Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, the power has life and uh, has the power of life and death. You know, um, we all know what it's like when people criticise us. It's like brutal. You know, it's like a wound to your soul. It's like, whoosh And um, I've had my fair share. <laughs> Being a pastor, I reckon politicians and pastors have got giant bullseyes on them to just get the knives out in terms of like, you know, whatever. And it's... So, man, I, I, I could show you emails that you would not believe. Like, honestly, not from this Bay Vineyard era, okay? But from back in the day at our previous church, there's one guy in particular, sheesh, mate, just, it was, you know, it actually got comical because it was so full on. Like, after a while, it was just, but, you know, those, but everyone's been through experiences where those words just sting, you know? And, um, and lives can get totally crushed and messed up and destroyed because of a word that gets spoken or a critical thing that gets said. But in the same way, uh, in fact, Jude 16 talks about false teachers being people that are grumblers and fault finders. You know, so there's, it's a big deal. So, uh, but we want to be people, again, that encourage one another. Um, we, we don't... Um, we don't give up the habit of meeting together. So there's like, there's an, tragically in, in the Western church at the moment, there's a kind of an off-ramp for a lot of Christians in terms of engaging with the community. Again, pat yourselves on the back. You've chosen not to give up the habit of meeting together. If you're watching online because you're sick or whatever, then it's like, again, you're choosing to engage, which is awesome, and, uh, and just legends. Um, but the, we want to, to, um, we want to be a, a place of encouragement. And, you know, there's people whose spirits have this toxic build-up of all the criticism that they experienced. And encouragement will fill their spirits with life in such a way that they can continue and won't give up. You know, sometimes this builds up to, to toxic. We, um, 
I've noticed in my years at church, there are lots of people who can find all sorts of problems with church or with other people. And then there's people who just breathe life by their words and by their actions, and you just are encouraged. And like, now I'm guilty of both, you know. I mean, I'm guilty of one and, and occasionally do okay on the other, but it's like, don't, isn't this who we're meant to be, church? To reflect God, to be people just of encouragement that cheer each other's uh, on. James uh, 3, 9 to 10 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. You know, uh, we again, I'm, I am going to say this. Uh, we... I have expectations about how Christians behave themselves on social media, especially during political season. I'm just going to say that as your pastor. I've got expectations about what, and that's not about what, like I'm all about passion on policy. I love, like when I see people engaging, sorry, it's a total tangent, but when I see people engaging with policy, good on you. Like, let's engage with policy. This is good. This is, let's have a good measured discussion about policy. When we start having conversations about the person, about the politician, they're made in the image of God. They are precious. And like, man, we've got to be, we've, we've, like, how we go about it is important as in what we say. How we say it reflects our character. Anyway, um, I'm going to say this as well, which I wasn't planning on doing, but I'm going to go there. One Thessalonians, this isn't a, this isn't a conviction burger. This is just a, um, a vulnerable pastor moment. Um, one Thessalonians, next scripture. Listen to this. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. I have never, ever in my whole life preached this on this because I've heard heaps of, of, um, of pastors manipulate congregations to create a culture of honour where they can't be critiqued. That's broken. Like, that's broken. I'm fine with people. Like, normally when people email me and like, mate, about this, the first thing I'll say is, well done for contacting me rather than triangulating. Like, well done. That's nine times out of ten, I think, what I'd normally, and then it's like, okay, let's look at the issue that you've, like, so I'm not saying let's create a culture where it's like, Yes, sir, no, sir, three bags, full sir to the senior pastor. That's broken. But I am going to say this. Pastoring has never been more difficult in my whole, you know, 18 years of pastoring, I think it's been, 17, 18 years. It's never been more challenging than it is today. I've got to be an expert on a pandemic. <laughs> I've got to be an expert on like how to somehow keep the church together. I've got people with very strong opinions about everything uh, and like you know and and I heard stories of pastors who surveyed their congregation they said should we get back together to meet physically and it was a 50-50 split and on both sides of the ledger people said we will leave your church if you don't we will leave your church if you don't get back together or we will leave your church if you do get back together what do you do what do you do? I've got a, uh, I was reading something this week. There's a lot of pastor therapy going on at the moment for guys. But with all the, uh, a guy in the States preached about the race relations issues over there. A guy got so agitated, he went into his office, kicked down the door to try and start a fist fight with the guy because he was so agitated about him challenging some of the stuff going on there. I mean, this is, the, this is there, there have been pastors that have taken their lives. There have been like, in the last year or so, there have been a huge number of pastors that have just given up. And, and, uh, and I don't know a single pastor that hasn't entertained that thought at some point over the last year. Honestly, I don't know a single pastor that hasn't entertained that thought in the last year. 
it has been just, and so uh, I wanted to say, encourage and support us, honour us, because we work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. And here's the thing that concerns me as well while we're on the subject, is that there is a whole, there's disappearing our voices of authority as far as people are concerned. So what happens is that we no longer listen to the medical person as a medical authority. We just jump on YouTube. We no longer listen to pastors as spiritual authority. We just jump on YouTube and just kind of come up. We no longer have politicians where we have governing authority. We just, it's got flat. And that's very concerning if, if you're trying to make life decisions. We've got to come back to a place where we come under authority. Simple as. Oh, so I'm coming up, like we've got Andrew Gurman, who I'm going to interview in a couple of weeks about the end of life bill and also about the COVID thing, who is um, the senior consultant, one of the, the top doctor in the ED department of Hastings, part of our church. I come under his authority when it comes to counsel about COVID and about medical issues because he's done the 10 years of study, right? When it comes to theological things, the reality is I've done three years full-time study and 17 years of weekly study. Like with all due respect, I've done the mahi. And so therefore, now I don't know everything. And I don't want, you know, again, it's a cult if you just swallow everything. Of course, we critique, and and I love that we've got a diversity of opinion on things. That's healthy. We're unified in Christ, not on all all the ideologies of this world. Anyway, but, oh man, I've gone on such a tangent. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. And there's so much I want to say. Oh, Lord, sorry. I'm sorry. Just, all right. Okay. Thank you for coming to church. It means a lot. It means I just, I feel supported that you're here means that we do all this work and it's worth it because we've got a congregation that even when we're level two and you've got an RSVP and all this, you come to church. That's awesome. And again, you get encouraged in that. But can, and, and I say this not because I want emails all this week encouraging me. I say this because I want emails encouraging Charlotte, Stephen, June, Luke, and Jen, the rest of our leadership team. I get a lot of encouragement. I don't think they get enough. They work just as hard as I do to keep this church flourishing. I just get to have the lollies of preaching every week so everyone looks at me, right? These are the guys I'd love some encouragement to flow towards. They're living legends and they deserve to be encouraged. They work hard and they suffer genuinely to keep this church flourishing. Come on, come on. So let's, let's be a culture of encouragement in this time. Let's cheer each other on. Let's cheer each other on to have deep devotional lives with Jesus. Let's cheer each other on to deal with our brokenness. Let's cheer each other on to make wise decisions that would see us flourish in Jesus in this season. And here's my top point when it comes to um, encouragement. Don't be vague, get specific. Like, what's the, like, oh, you know, so proud of you doing a great job. Doesn't mean as much as, like, mate, when you do that, that just fills me with joy. And, man, you're so good. Like, you're good at that. And you need to know that you're really good at doing that. I've noticed that you're this sort of person, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, Luke, um, uh, recently I had my birthday a couple weeks ago when I was sick with the man flu, hashtag 2020 on my birthday. Thank you. That was less sarcastic. You guys are getting the message. You're like, we better encourage him. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Okay. Um, and uh, and, and I, honestly, you know, you get lots of messages. Um, but Luke was so encouraging to me on those things. And he was, and like specific things that he just pointed out about my character and about my leadership uh, on the, some of the posts that he wrote just to say thank you. And like, you know what people reckon? Encouragement is like adrenaline. 
is to the body. It like it fills you with strength. And like Luke noticing those things about my character and about my leadership and saying them, it was like it was like an injection of adrenaline to my soul. It was like, yes, I can totally keep going. Yes, someone's noticed. Yes, I can do this. It was so lovely for me. I got lots of lovely messages, but but in particular, Luke's ones were specific about stuff that only he's seen this year. And it really meant a lot to me. Uh, oh, no, not him and a few others have only seen this year. And, and the power of encouragement can't be overstated because it can change your life. And I want to finish with this story. Um, and this is a story that John Tyson used in his sermon on encouragement that illustrates the way that encouragement can have a far greater impact than we could ever imagine. And it's a, a story about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's one of John Tyson's heroes, um, and, and the reason why Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a hero and why we should actually take his writings pretty seriously at the moment is because he had conviction in a culture of compromise. The church got compromised, the, and this is Germany, the church got compromised, the nation got compromised, and he still had conviction. We need people of conviction in a culture of compromise. And, as, and I'm like, I, I've been praying about this recently, I'm like, Whether you like it or not, I'm going to be a pastor of conviction about certain things. One of them is going to be private devotional life with Jesus is key to flourishing with him. And if that makes you uncomfortable, then I'm I'm sorry, but I have a conviction that that's what's needed. So I'm going to preach out of that conviction rather than live in a culture of compromise because the enemy has waged war against people's private worlds. And why is it difficult? Because there's an enemy trying to stop you. Right, of course it's difficult. We're waging war, but we, anyway. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer, so he's imprisoned. He's towards the end of his, of his life in prison, which, was, which is, unbeknownst to him, going to be tragically cut short because he's going to be martyred for his convictions, okay? Um, but before he, uh, before he died tragically, he'd actually got engaged to a woman called Maria. Next slide. And uh, when he was in prison, um, he wrote a poem to Maria um, and, and like you can imagine, you know, Maria and, um, and uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer are engaged, but they're separated because he's in prison. So he's trying to encourage her. And so he writes this poem to her called Next Year 1945. And he wanted to write to her about the importance of having hope that in spite of the darkness and in spite of the danger that he could, they could trust in God. And two of the seven stanzas of the poem read as followers. Read as follows. Next slide. Should it be ours to drain the cup of grieving, even to the dregs of pain? At thy command, we will not falter, receiving, thankfully receiving all that is given by thy loving hand. The last verse says this. While all the powers of good aid and attend us, boldly will face the future, be what it, uh, what it way. And at even and at morn, God will befriend us, and oh, most surely on each New Year's Day. Reminds me a bit of oh, Andre, he's a bit of a poet, actually. And, um, so anyway, so Bonhoeffer was uh, in this moment of deep uncertainty and he wanted to send out words of encouragement and hope to his fiancée. Um, and Bonhoeffer was ultimately put to death by that Nazi regime and he never lived to see that new year or that new vision. Years later in America, there was a compelling author named Joseph Bailey and he went through a series of unspeakable tragedies himself. He had a five-year-old die of leukaemia, um, an 18-year-old infant die, and he had an 18-year-old son who was uh, recently engaged to be married who died in a tragic sledding accident. Can you imagine that level of grief and pain? 
Um, he felt like he was crushed, and as an author, he lost any desire to write or to share narrative or to contribute. The fiancé of his son found the Bonhoeffer poem, and it was such a source of comfort and encouragement to her that she gave it to Joseph, uh, that she gave it to Joseph Bailey, and it ministered really deeply to him and his family. And God used that poem as part of a seed to start a healing process that would see him write again. And so he wrote a number of books called A View from the Hearse, a book on heaven, which you can see there, a book called The Last Thing We Talk About. But the book on heaven was so important to him because his sons had gone ahead there and he included some of the stanzas of Bonhoeffer's poem in that book. You got to think about that for a second. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes this poem in this prison and to encourage and comfort his fiancée, and he has no idea that his very words would minister to a man in another nation and enable him to include it in one of his books. But that's not all that happens. So 12 years later, Joseph Bailey gets a letter from a pastor in Boston, and the letter included the following. He said, Dear Joseph Bailey, I'm a hospital chaplain who visits people who are dying of cancer. As I made my rounds, I came across a woman, and she was at the final stages of her cancer. I visited her several times, developing a friendship with her, and over time I could speak to her and encourage her. And I was so deeply touched by your book on heaven and the hope that is held out in the gospel for us that I decided to give it to this woman. This woman stayed up all night reading your book, and it said it gave it fundamentally resurrected her hope and brought her great comfort before her died. The woman's name was Maria. Bonhoeffer's fiance was the person that received that book. And it turns out she had moved to the States after, um, after the war. Uh, her life did not work out how she had wanted. She was twice divorced, although she was very successful in her career. But she felt like, in some senses, her life was a disappointment. And at 57, when she's dying of cancer, a pastor walked into her room to comfort her, gave her a book on heaven. And in this book, once again, she read the words of Bonhoeffer that were written to her about having hope for the future. And at the end of her life, this promise came full circle and her spirit was touched and prepared her for eternity. This is the power of encouragement. This is the power of letting God's word breathe life into other people. This is the power of coming alongside those who are struggling and urging them on, stirring them on their faith. You can fight. You can be a good soldier. You can keep on going. The, what happens is that when we speak those words or write those words of encouragement, God breathes on them and it has an exponentially greater power than just what you put pen to paper. This, is, this story illustrates this very clearly. God does something far greater. So here's what I want to do as we come into land this morning. Three things. First thing um, is I want to uh, let God encourage you this morning. And so in a second, we're going to spend some time um, and, and we're going to ask God to speak to us. And, and, we're going to, uh, and I want you to write this down in your, on your phone or in your notebook. But what does God want to say to you this morning? And sometimes it can be a struggle and it's like, is, you know, is this God or is this the curry last night or is this like, I don't know if that's just me or not or whatever it may be. But it's like, here's the thing, my, my filter for this to help you out is like, what, it's, what do you think's the kindest thing God could say to you right now? And that's what I want you to write down. What's the kindest thing that God could say to you right now? And I want you to write down and just to receive it like God actually is saying that to you. How cool is that? Secondly, um, I want to invite you to let people encourage you. 
So if you're feeling particularly discouraged, we've got people, Sharon and Paul and others, and Beth, who have got a, a lovely prophetic gift who can come alongside you and speak the Word of God over your life and encourage your soul. And I'd love to um, invite you this morning, if you like, I'm feeling particularly discouraged, to just put your hand up a little bit later and we're going to invite some of these guys just to come and speak life over you and to, and to pray new hope and to, again, spiritual adrenaline. Woof, you can do this. And thirdly, I want to encourage you to encourage someone this week. Let's not talk about it. Let's do it. Let's be a culture of encouragement. And in particular, I want us to think about people that are often overlooked in our community. There's a whole lot of obvious candidates, but I want, to, I want you to pick people who are often overlooked in our community, and I want you to write a word of encouragement. Text them, ring them, email them. Let's encourage one another to cultivate a counterculture of encouragement in a society full of criticism and tearing each other down. Right? Let's do that. A couple of things that I just want to um, say, and then we're going to finish. Number one, I want to encourage a couple of people this morning. Barry, you're in a bit of an obvious choice, but your kindness and your faithfulness to the bride through all the ups and downs of life is deeply inspiring. You're a godly man. We recognize it. We want to be like you when we grow up. Thank you for being who you are. Grant, where are you, Grant? Grant, you're a legend. You know, you're just positive pants, man. And it's like, you haven't had an easy life. But when I hang out with you, it's like you're stoked on life all the time. I'm like, how's that possible? I know some of the challenges you've gone through and you're just super stoked on life. And like, you just start talking about Queen, the band, not the monarchy, and you get fully frothed, man. And it's good and it's awesome because there's a passion in you for certain things that are right. It's from God and it's good. And I just love that that's who you are. Andre, continue to be amazed at who you are. I continue to be amazed that you wander in here every week because I know the battles that you face every day and the different crowds that you have to somehow navigate and what it takes out of you, yet you continue to faithfully do it and God is doing a deep work in you and we can already see it because it's been years now of choosing the way of Jesus and it is having a massive effect on your character. It's shining through clearly. You're an absolute legend. Every single one of you South Africans, oh my gosh, you're hard workers, man. Like seriously, you We've got a work ethic that puts us Kiwis to shame. And honestly, we, we wouldn't have the church that we do without you. Heidi Meyer, you're welcome. May this be your home. May this be your home. We love that you're here. Sue and Bryce who are watching and who cannot be at church for a long time because of the health issues that Bryce is facing. Again, your faithful service to the church for decades is a beautiful thing. You have never given up on the church through all of its ups and downs. You continue to serve faithfully and even now you continue to engage online. Legends, we miss you, and, uh, but well done and we honour you for your faithfulness. Jen, do you want to rip out a few? I would actually love to line everyone up and give you all a word of encouragement this morning, but obviously Sam would get really annoyed if I do that. So I'll stick to my wee list. But it's very hard to only encourage a few because you are all wonderful and we love having you in this community. So I'd just love to encourage Blair and Gillian, Sharon McNabb, is she here? Sharon. And Ailsa. These are people who constantly send me personally words of encouragement, whether it's via email, text, 
messenger, whatever it is. They might send me a scripture. They might send me a prayer. They might send me something that came from their devotional for the day, but it builds me up from the inside out. It strengthens me. When I wake up in the morning, I have a text, a prayer from someone. Honestly, it is it is more precious than rubies. It is worth more than gold. It is so beautiful. And the thing with these people is they don't just do it for me. I know they do it for others in the community. So be encouraged. We love that. I want to give a huge shout out to Pip and Dennis Drager. They are so incredibly servant-hearted, always willing to put their hand up, be on a roster. Dennis is out with the kids today. He does the offering every week. They are, they are full of excitement and energy when you ask them to serve. It never feels like it's a burden. They're always the first to put up their hands. Thank you. Be encouraged. Um, Beth and Paul, they're encouraging me right now. Can you hear them? They're like, yes, amen, hallelujah, yes, amen. You can't do anything without feeling the encouragement coming off Beth and Paul. And, and it's not just for us, it's for everyone. They're just, they, they live and breathe encouragement. It's just so beautiful. Thank you. Um, um, for Beth and Paul, Barry and Peter, um, Peter Murch, Peter Margaret, these are people that have been pastors, and they're, I hope I'm not missing. I've been pastors, and and I know their backstories. They have every reason to have walked away from the church with how they've been treated, and they continue to love and serve the church. Heroes, legends. We should be totally honouring them for that. You know, this year I've just seen Jean Tidy, Darlene. And Ariana just beautifully, selflessly loves some people in our community. And so I want to encourage them. That inspires me. That challenges me. That wants me to, inspires me to be more loving, loving when I see the way they live their life. So thank you. Uh, the Maunders, they're not here today, Jake and Amy. They're having a challenging year, really challenging on top of all the other stuff. But yet they still run a home church. They still manage to encourage people. They still manage to encourage us. They still manage to build people up, walk alongside people. So if you're watching, you guys be encouraged. We see your hearts and we appreciate it and we love you guys. And lastly, I just want to say, uh, Marie, this is Marie sitting up here in the front, and my mum up the back there. Marie and my mum, they, they're just like dripping with encouragement for people all the time. You can't have a conversation with, with them and not come away encouraged. And so I'm always inspired to be more, in, more encouraging because when I spend time with them, I'm just built up. I'm just built up. On the difficult days, I'm built up. And that's what we do for each other. That's what I just love so much about Christian community. We're here to build each other up, not compare or strip each other down, but to build each other up, to walk alongside each other. That is the way of Jesus. And it is such a treat for us to be part of a community with so many encouragers. So be blessed. Oh man, honestly, I just, as Jen said, I'd just love to line you up and just, and, and if you need encouragement this morning, we'd love to do that. We'd just love to speak life over you. Um, but uh, as, let me just finish the scripture for Romans 15, 5 to 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement, we need both. Endurance and give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We guys need the church more than ever, right? Who's, I mean, I'm just glad you came this morning because this is the countercultural thing we're trying to build. Like, man, if we need the church healthy, there's never been a time in history we need a church healthy than where we need it right now. And the church functioning healthy. 
people encouraging one another, cheering one another, people of faith taking ground, people who are, who are, are building each other up. And so uh, let's finish this morning by um, uh, giving those three options, to let God encourage you this morning, let people encourage you, or choosing to encourage someone this week. So, so I'd love you to pick one of those three. And you can do the other two at a different point. Um, but if you just want to spend a moment to le- and, and just allow God to encourage you, then we're going to give you a couple of minutes just to do that. If you're feeling discouraged, it's been tough, and you just want some spiritual adrenaline and want to get encouraged, in a second I'm going to ask you to put up your hand and we're going to get some of our guys just to pray for you. They may not know you, know you but God does, and God speaks to them, and He'll be able to encourage you. And thirdly, is there someone that you want to encourage this week? So again, let's ask God, God, who is there in this community that I can encourage this week? Write that name down. I'm going to encourage that person. I'm going to, I'm going to speak life into them. Blah, blah, blah. All good? Okay, so let's just, um, uh, if you would like someone, if you want someone to pray for you and encourage you, do you want to just put up your hand right now? No, take some courage. Beth over here, no one else. Nick over there. David, legend. Luke, do you want to get moving, bro? Paul, do you want to... Um, Anyone else? Rachel, of course. Okay, I'm going to need to mobilise a few of our guys here. Yep, okay. Do you want to just move around, guys? To um, We're going to pay for David. Who has, anyone missing? Um, Beth, can someone, oh, we've got some. Oh, Jenny, are you there for Beth? Great. Uh, was there anyone that I've missed? I would hate for anyone to. So we're just going to pray for these guys. And, um, and Paul and... and, um, and um, Sharon, sorry. Uh, do you guys, some of you guys with the prophetic gift, I'd love you to move around to some of these guys as well. Just a couple of words. I think it'll be just too good to encourage folks. Um, and for the rest of you, you can just take a moment to just listen to God. What does He want to say to you? And write it down. What is the kindest thing God could say to you right now? Write it down and receive that as a word from God. Good, let's be active in this. Let's not be Let him speak to you. And then if there's someone that you want to encourage this week, just again ask the Lord, is there someone that you want me to just, and what is it, Lord? Give me some insights about what I could say that would bless people. Let's spend a couple of moments just in that space, encouraging one another and receiving encouragement from the Lord, and then we'll close in prayer in a second.